0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. at participate in McDonald's for a limited time. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online... the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, abdul Keep Shabazz, The Program, A Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. How are you, my friend? Doing
1: fine. You thought things would slow down a bit, but they, they did. They just went from, from third to second year.
0: Yeah, well, so today we're going to kind of look ahead to the 2023 legislative session because it will be here before you know it, and I think there are several issues that... The state legislature has either not accounted for or is not ready to deal with, and I th- think they could be very big issues. But we'll get a little bit of an idea on Tuesday. It's Org Day. Explain what Org Day is for the audience. Org
1: Day is technically the unofficial start of the legislative session. Uh-huh. Uh, that's when lawmakers come in, they get sworn in. Uh, usually on Org Day, the the speaker and Senate President will kind of make a speech, just sort of welcome everybody. Hey, here's what we hope to do, you know, this session. Uh, you have different interest groups. They'll, they'll, sort of start, they'll sort of spell out what their agendas are, like the hospital association, uh, association, accelerating Indiana municipalities. You know, the manufacturer association, the chamber. Uh, all those folks will lay out their legislative agendas, and uh, then they'll pick up. Uh, they'll uh, formally pick leadership, and then the fund begins.
0: Okay, so let's talk about leadership real quick because you and your very fabulous cheat sheet, which is the best $50 people will spend all year, which you can get over at indiepolitics.org. Just
1: look for me in the cigar and the martini lifting up the Capitol
0: uh, You <laughs> reported that there was, uh, I don't know, is a coup too strong of a word? Is that, a, is that uh, too harsh of a language? I like using it. Well, okay, <laughs> then we'll go with that. There was a coup attempt against the Senate pro tem, Rod Bray. What happened?
1: Yes, apparently uh, several members of the caucus, of the, of the Republican caucus, which there are now technically forty of them.
0: Uh, so wait, there's forty Republicans and ten Democrats.
1: Right, right, okay. yeah, right now. And so a number of those Republicans, uh, what the, the caucus did was they met early to decide who's going to be the, their leader.
0: Now let's remind everybody: the caucus. If a local agency of government, like a uh, like a town or city council, were to do this. Uh, they would risk a very serious uh, penalty, but the legislature has written it to where they can meet whenever they want uh, behind closed doors, and that's totally fine. Yep. Okay. Very good. All right. Carry on. <laughs> but I just, just want to make sure how we everybody knows what these people are doing here. Go ahead. Yes.
1: And so uh, a number of lawmakers were were upset about the whole abortion bill uh, that happened earlier this summer, of the special session, how that all went down. They think the Senator Rod Brave, who's a Senate President pro tem, communicated well enough, and so there was a a move to replace him. And, well, they're, 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 actually, they had two caucuses that day. The first caucus was to deal with uh, Mike Young, the Republican state senator from Indianapolis oh, who, yes. who left the caucus over the abortion issue. And so, the, so because he had been removed from his committee chairmanship and a number of members were upset because they are like, hey, why are we picking on Mike? Because he voted against the abortion bill. When, law, when we have senators who vote against it, measures all the time. Yes. And, they, and nothing ever happens to them. So, so it was a, basically it was a bitch session, but nothing happened.
0: Well, so my question about Mike Young is – for go back in the time machine here a little bit. During that debate, he came out and said, I'm not happy about how this is being handled. I've got a litany of other issues I'm upset about. I'm out of the Republican caucus. I'm still a Republican, but I'm out of the caucus, and I caucus with you people anymore. Is it one of those things like when you hit the send on the email before you've thought about it for a day or two, and then you wake up the next day and go, oh, I shouldn't have done that because – now, he's just basically on an island by himself.
1: Yeah, but knowing Mike Young, he probably would have sent again, just, uh, just, just, just for good okay. measure. All right. I've known Mike for almost 20 years. Yeah, that that's sort of his personality. Okay. Uh, so the question was, what should happen to Mike? Should there be any consequences? But they couldn't figure that out, so that kind of died down. And then they had to choose who the new leader was going to be. And I was told they had—they started out with 23 votes, which was a clear majority out of the 39, 40 yes. at, at the time. But it turns out— uh, that uh, Mark and uh, was sort of the sort of the spokesperson for the group, because Mark had uh, Mark lost his uh, position as majority leader because he voted against the abortion yeah. bill debate, and that, that all, all nine yards.
0: That's some kind of bad though that they pull leadership positions based on one or two votes.
1: I I, I don't think that's sa- kind of
0: petty, isn't
1: I, it? I don't think necessarily one two. I think I think it depends on how important the vote is. Oh. and this was this was kind of a big deal because uh-huh. we're in the middle of all the all the dobbs
0: decisions all so, the, so no free thinking allowed in the Republican party is basically what we're saying um if you have the audacity to say I don't like this and I'm not going to vote for it you're out see ya in
1: under those circumstances yes ah okay and so but it turns out uh it was 23 votes uh they had going in but but they had no but they had no alternative it's like hey rod Bray is bad okay fine what's your alternative what they had you gonna-
0: 23 votes to get rid of him
1: uh they say start out with twenty three votes. Wow.
0: So they they walked in there thinking they had the votes to say yeah. you're out.
1: But by the time they were done it was only
0: eleven. Oh. So is Rod Bray just that convincing? Did he did he bring some uh Flavored M and M's in. What did he?
1: Uh, <laughs> he what? brought a he brought, he brought a brandy glass of green M and M's. What
0: what did he do to wow them? Was it charm and charisma? How did the uh, how did this flip?
1: Well, I I think I think it part part of it is flipping because people were upset. But okay, well, what's the alternative? Yeah. What what are we going to do differently? It's it's like you and I have talked about before in politics. If you're gonna if I'm going to ask the voters to get rid of somebody, yeah. I got to do two two things. Number one, here's why this person is bad. Number mm-hmm. one, but number two, here's why I'm good. Yes. And they did the here's why he's bad. Okay, fine. But then explain. Okay, what are we going to do?
0: It's got to be a really tough way to govern, though, going forward. Knowing the majority of your caucus basically doesn't like you.
1: Um, I, I won't say I won't say I say there are different degrees of upset. There are some people who are mildly upset, some people majorly upset. It just depends on where they fell where they fell in on that on that scale. But by the time they were done, there were only like like 24, 11, 23, 11 votes. Uh, was what was what the final vote was. However, and they and they and they it took they took a vote on the record to make sure that. Uh, when they what does
0: that mean? It's all behind closed doors. What does that mean? They took a vote on the record.
1: Ah, when they took when they did the vote, they wanted to make sure that when they put out the news release, they couldn't say that Rod Bray won by acclamation. Oh, because they never disclosed. They just said in the news release, it went out saying, "No, senators have reelected Rod Bray as Senate Majority as uh, Senate President Pro Tem." Yes. Normally, they say it was a unanimous decision or overwhelming decision. Mm-hmm. This they didn't. They didn't put any of that in there.
0: Oh, so they. Uh, so okay, what happens to the people who ultimately voted no? Are they on a list somewhere? Is this like Santa Claus, a naughty list, and a nice list? Do these people get punished?
1: What happens? That would be in the next cheat sheet. Oh, <laughs> we're not giving that one away
0: for free. I see. Okay. So, okay. So, that's the leadership. Uh, I maintain that the there are two issues, one of which I think will get more attention than the other. and. The one that I think is going to get attention, but I think it'll be too late, is the property tax bills. They're set to show up here before too long because they will include the new assessments.
1: Now, here's what's interesting about the property tax bill. I did an interview with an economist yesterday, and I'm doing a, uh, doing a follow-up uh, in mid-December. Uh, it may not be – it's just probably going to be an increase, but may not be as bad as we originally thought it was. And so instead of like a 40%, 50% increase in your property tax but it may only be like 5 because it's complicated in the formula, I and mean, it takes averages and incomes and, the, and assessments and the whole nine yards. But I will know for sure uh, mid-December because the Indiana Association of Counties, uh, which run by David Baddorf, uh is putting is listening you know, is putting together an economic report to find out what the property tax bills are actually going to be. Because you got assessments and you know caps and exemptions and the whole nine yards. And so we should know by mid-December. Uh, we should have a pretty good idea about how bad the property tax crisis is going to be.
0: The, but the whole assessment process to me, and we've talked about this before when the assessment started coming out, is highly flawed and the, the legislature, whether, whether it was Democrat rule or now obviously for the past decade plus Republican rule, they know it's flawed and they just don't want to do anything about it. They don't want to put the time and effort into, into solving the problem because it's ridiculous that I'm punished even though I'm not going to sell my home. Based on, what, I mean, here's an example. My dad has basically lived in the same home for 36 years. It will be the last home that he ever lives in. He is not profiting the past 36 years, or has not profited, off what other people around him do. And this is the only tax in all the land where you are punished for what someone else does. Well,
1: yes and no. Because your home is, technically, your, your home value is worth... And to a certain degree what what your neighbors paid for their homes around the around the block.
0: But if he doesn't capitalize on it, what well, difference does it make?
1: No, but see, but see, but the, but that's but that's where that's where my kind of answer to all this sort of comes in. I have been thinking about this for a couple of years now. Um, I believe what lawmakers should do is if you're say like say like your dad, you know, senior citizen I would assume, Yes, just yes. Because your dad's, like, what, 10 years older than me? Yeah,
0: vib- vibrant-looking senior citizen. <laughs> yes. Very, very good, yes. I, I
1: met your dad before. Good guy. <laughs> very patient man, too, if I must say so myself. Like get, get the hell out of here. Smack the hell out of here. Yes, go ahead. Uh, because your father must do my father. Is uh, <laughs> if you're, you're a senior citizen, say, over, like, 60, 65, or 60, whatever the, whatever the age is, Yes. and you own your home, then, for me, your assessments should be frozen for owner-occupied, owner we'll just yeah. take take the average of the last three years. That's what your assessment's going to be, unless you until you sell it. Yes, and then once it's sold and it's no longer owner-occupied, then that's when the that's when the rate sure goes up. Yeah, because to me, because that'll protect senior citizens from these these ridiculously high assessments, and then in, and in the process those really high property tax bills as well.
0: Yeah, because it's like it's like theoretically, not that it's okay, but I could go work a second job. Like that would be ridiculous that you'd have to work a second job to pay your property tax. But the increase in assessment, even though I also have no intention of selling my home either, I I am able-bodied, and I'm not to say that my dad is some crippled guy that can't get around, but you shouldn't make people in their 60s or 70s if they work their jobs and they've decided to retire and they have a pension or whatever, have to go ahead and get another job to pay their property tax. And so it just seems like the head is in the sand on this And the legislature never wants to deal with it.
1: Um, It's not necessarily the heads in the sand. It's more like, it's more like partially half in the sand, half not in the sand. You're you're sort of laying, you're sort of laying in the sand sideways like this, as opposed to like you know from the from the neck up with both eyes out. out, But it's going to be it's going to be an interesting issue uh, because it still has potential uh, to to raise a bunch of eyebrows. in, in, this, in this day and age right now.
0: FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, abdul Keep Shabbat's program, State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. We are talking about uh, Org Day, which is Tuesday, where all the members of the Indiana General Assembly get together at the State House, pat themselves on the back for being part of the ruling elite, and come up with something that resembles what might be an agenda for the forthcoming legislative session. Or, or as we
1: jokingly say, all my rowdy friends are coming over oh, tonight. Yes. Is, <laughs> well,
0: it, is it as eventful as it used to be? It doesn't seem like the State House is nearly as fun and wild as it used to be.
1: It's it's a different kind of fun and wild. Ah. Let's let's put it that way. Because you got you got supermajority, so that so obviously the political dynamics have yes. changed as opposed to when Republicans had the Senate, Democrats had the House. It was like a 52-48, 55-45 yeah. sure. kind of
0: a team sport sort of thing.
1: Yeah, you had uh Mitch Daniels, Brian Bosma, yes. David Long, and Pat Bauer and all City of Atlanta, all those guys yeah. kind, of, kind of going back and
0: forth. And now it's just Republicans occasionally fighting amongst themselves. The other issue, and I am sure this will not get a hearing. I'm sure there may not even be a bill on it. But there are obviously people who, and it's amazing, it took 30 years, but it appears now people are finally waking up and going, Hey, wait a second. There's only one office in the state of Indiana that is not you don't have to attach your party affiliation to. And it's not the ones you might think like a surveyor or a coroner. It's the school board, and parents are waking up that in a lot of, air quote, Republican communities, there are people who are not Republicans that are on the school boards. And Jim Merritt, uh, former Indiana State Senator, friend of many of your ventures and our shows, told me a couple weeks ago he really regrets making those school board races nonpartisan because of just this exact issue. Is there going to be any desire, because parents are really upset about this, I think there is going to be at least a push to try to do something with this, to get these school board races to be partisan and join every other election in the state of Indiana?
1: Well, actually, I think it should be the opposite. Just get rid of all party affiliation. Let, well, pe- let people vote by name. Th- there's there's, <laughs> there's
0: merit to that if we're, no pun intended there, Senator Jim Merritt, but there's merit to that if we're, th- there's no reason we should do one election different than every other election, right? If you want to do it your way- Okay, let's have that conversation. But that is utterly ridiculous. That there is one office that is treated differently than every other office in the state of Indiana.
1: You see, but here's the thing, though. If you make them partisan, what does that really change? Because
0: there are a bunch of people. Okay, let's take Brownsburg for example. There are. How uh, ne- did, did my spider say yeah. we're going to go back to Brownsburg? Well, <laughs> I, I just. I, I think. I think. Because I think this is going on in other places. I'm just not yeah. as as intimately familiar yeah. with these other places. Yeah. There are now four, not one, not two, not three, but four left-wing lunatics that are going to be on that school board who are able to cobble together a coalition of the actual lunatics, because there's a lot of liberal people in Brownsburg now, but it's not a majority. And then people who have no idea what's going on, and they say, well, Susie bakes the brownies, and so I'm lazy, as clearly we saw with the straight ticket voting, which I guess we'll get to that maybe here in a little bit, although we got to that last week. And so when you cobble the lunatic coalition with the Susie Bakes Brownies coalition, they would never vote for Susie if Susie had to put the Democrat label next to her name. And so if we're going to say, well, we depend on, as Diego Morales did, straight ticket voting to save me in a an election, we shouldn't be letting these liberal people get bailed out by a lack of straight ticket voting. You see what I'm
1: saying here? I see your point, but but the question is, What's to stop somebody from just running as a Republican? Oh, hey, look. I mean, because it's, it's it's like it's, it's like the old joke, why were you a Democrat in Chicago in the 1960s? Well, that's how you got a job.
0: Hey, hey look, if, if, if Eric Hilton and Mike Wells and Jessica Heffernan and Katie Dixon, the four left-wing lunatics on the school board in Brownsburg, want to try to say they're Republican, and I'm going to guess based on their voting history, multiple of those people would not qualify under the super strict standards that exist today where people are getting thrown off ballots left and right. Okay, let's have that conversation. I bet I would I would guess more than one of those people could not meet the qualification set forth by which people have been getting kicked off ballots.
1: Well, how many Democrats actually ran in Hendricks County?
0: Not many. Not many. That's the point. So so But so- but these people these people are able to hide under cover of darkness and not expose themselves and you know what's what's the saying and you don't want us exposing ourselves um, <laughs> what movie was that from there was a movie where that's that's uh, i think it's ghostbusters and yeah. it? yes ghostbusters uh this is ridiculous so that there's one office that's treated completely different than everybody else if you want to go your way hey let's have that conversation maybe that's best but the idea that we treat one office different than every other office that's pathetic or what people could do is the just- corner abdul <laughs> the corner has to declare a party affiliation
1: yeah I, don't get me started on the corner um uh, but no, but, but at the end of the day, though, I do think it bears some some responsibility bears on the public to get informed uh, about school about who the school board candidates are and field candidates and because I want to say they did up a uh, Fisher School, but the, the Fisher's Education Association, they got one, yes, Fisher's
0: yeah. Fisher's is the one who pulled it off, yes.
1: and Hamilton Southeastern also did too. I want to say they got like four of their people, yeah,
0: that yeah, the, yeah say-
1: but but Carmel only got one,
0: so. It, the system
1: does work if you get organized because I don't, I don't think party affiliation at a school board level really matters because there's cause it's not really necessarily a Republican or Democrat way to educate children. Either you know what you're doing or you don't because I know some Republicans who are really good at education, Democrats are really bad, and, and vice versa. So I do think – it. I don't, th- I don't necessarily think – ah, here we go. I think putting a political affiliation next to a school board name is more a placebo effect. It makes people feel better, but it doesn't really necessarily do
0: well anything. Th- and that's fine. Mm. But I want to see Hilton, and I want to see Wells, and I want to see Dixon, and I want to see Heffernan, because based on their public statements, there ain't no way they align up with the pa- Republican Party platform. say, "Yeah, I'm a Republican. I want to have that conversation."
1: Then what I would recommend you do, my friend. Is, oh no, is, no is, one listens to me. Is do what you always do, which is get organized, because hey, you you defeated referendum, so you got that uh, got that on your. Uh, no, on your uh, yes, on 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 your, on your on your resume. That's a that's the only thing I have on my resume. So what I would do is I would take that same prowess that you use to defeat referendums uh-huh. and use that go recruit candidates uh, for school board and present it to the public. Oh no, I'm needed here. Just steal a phrase <laughs> from Bobby the Brain Heenan. I'm needed here. Well, no, not not you run, but uh, no, but no, but you go out. You know.
0: Oh no, I'm very busy. I'm dealing with you. <laughs> uh, I can't keep an eye on you and do everything else. <laughs> i pay abdul i've paid my price to public service oh god uh don't get me don't get me started <laughs> uh
1: what is what, what see are, folks this is what happens after the election's over we're, yeah. sort, of, we're sort of in that downtime
0: yeah uh so what 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 uh, i'm sure the things that i'm interested in the state legislature will have no interest in and after many of them hear this show they will go out of their way not to be interested in them what are they going to focus on this year
1: um obviously the budget's going to be a big issue uh because it's a budget
0: year sure how much money can we spend that's favorite hobby
1: um, but also uh, lawmakers have to be careful because the the economy is sort of changing and sort of in transition so granted there, there's money coming in now but there but but you got to be careful as to what's going to happen down the road so that's kind of point number one we have a, we have a better idea of the, of the revenue forecast in mid-december is also because that's where the second revenue forecast yes uh, comes out so there's so there's that uh, also uh, we indiana has a major 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 education workforce development issue yeah because we keep bringing all these high te- we want to bring all these high tech jobs and high wage jobs here sure. and that's fine but the question is I've always said this do we have the actual people to do
0: the work. You know it's so interesting you said that because uh your friend the governor was over in Egypt and we were talking about this the other day I said he loves I mean for a guy who wanted to be the governor of Indiana he really likes not being in Indiana. He goes out of his way it seems like to not be in Indiana and these as you just said, these jobs—oh, the green jobs, this job, that job—that really doesn't help a lot of people currently in Indiana because they're not qualified to do those jobs. And so, okay, you brought the job here. Well, but the job is going to someone who doesn't already live here. So, what does that do for me?
1: Exactly. And so, so, so the, the million-dollar question is going to be: is and and, and part of it. Is, and part of it goes to Indiana's history as well, because you got to remember, Indiana was a very uh, for the most part, except Indianapolis, Fort Wayne. For, for most of its history, very rural state. A lot of auto manufacturers up in Kokomo and sort of that East Central Six District yeah. section of Indiana. And so all you do was just graduate from high school, you go work at the auto manufacturing plant down the road. You're like
0: a Bruce Springsteen
1: song. Yeah, yeah, my hometown. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's Bruce Springsteen's my hometown. But you know what? Eventually things changed. You know, the auto, man, the auto manufacturers went away, and so now it's a new type of manufacturing. But I still think engraved in people's heads is this: well, I don't need a post-secondary education; I just graduate from high school, and then go get a job. Like, well, that doesn't really work anymore in the in the 21st century. And this is not to say that everybody needs a, a four-year degree or, or, for that matter, a two-year degree. But you do need, in the 21st century, to be successful unless you're a professional athlete or a rap star. <laughs> you're going to need some kind of post-secondary right. education, whether it's certificate, you know, certification, uh, what that is. So I think that's going to be a, a, once again a major challenge. Uh, for Indiana lawmakers, and then there's that there's that one issue that always oh, pops yes. up right around yes. right around sure. Valentine's Day right. that nobody sees coming. Yeah, that's going to suck all the oxygen and nitrogen and helium and, and uranium two thirty six out of the room. Yeah, uh, of course, kind- of course, somebody asked me, Abdul, what's that issue going to be? It's like, well, if I knew that, You're right, we'd be having this conversation. On my island that I bought in the Bahamas because I just won the Powerball for yes. two billion dollars.
0: Yes, Rob Kendall Abdul keeps your boss program program, statehouse happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Okay, let's talk about some politics here for a second. It appears that a bunch of dominoes are start are about to... St- start to fall? What What's the grammatically correct way to say that? It appears a bunch of dominoes are about to start falling. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> uh, in Indiana politics, because it seems very clear, especially based on the vote he took the other day for Senate leadership, Mike Braun is leaving the Senate.
1: And look at the vote he took for Senate leadership and look at the vote for closure on uh, same-sex marriage. Yeah. That tells me... Well, first of all, I already knew Mike Brown was running for governor because he told a bunch of county chairmen he's well, running. Well, you reported this m- <laughs> months, months ago, yeah, yes, yeah. in the cheat sheet, which yeah, is why they- <laughs> you should do the cheat sheet. <laughs> because when you start telling county chairmen, hey, I'm going to be running for governor, guess what? One of those county, several of those county chairmen are going to call me. Yes. I'm like, you're your kidding, Mike's running for governor? Like, okay, Because if you think about it, Democrats didn't win the majority, yes. or no, Democrats won the majority in the Senate, so now that like the Senate's going to change, so Mike will still be in the minority. Number two, uh, the vote uh, to put Rick Scott, yes. uh, Senate president, Number three, uh, the, the, the 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 vote against closure on the same-sex marriage uh, legislation. That tells me that Mike has set himself up to run in a, in a gubernatorial primary. So he can say, hey, look, I'm conservative. Yeah. No, I voted against this. I protected your religious freedom, blah, 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 and all that. So I, I could easily see uh, Mike running for the, the U.S. Senate. Now, if Mike – no, if Mike running for governor. Now, if Mike decides to run for governor – that's where the dominoes yeah. start falling. Okay,
0: real quick on the governor's side, though. So you got Mike Braun. Let's just pretend he's in. You got Suzanne Crouch. She's definitely running. She is going to be the most fascinating one to me because she's got to figure out how to convince a bunch of people who hate Holcomb to go, well, sure, I was the lieutenant governor under Holcomb and did absolutely nothing to stop him or speak out about him or anything like that, but I'm really conservative. Vote for me.
1: Uh, and she's already started doing that. I want to say some of the liberty groups... Uh, oh, she started showing up at some of
0: their some of their sure, events. right? I mean, conveniently absent for six years, and hello, <laughs> I'm here. I we we're really one in the same. That's going to be a fa- isn't that going to be a fascinating sales pitch? It'll it'll be an interesting sales pitch. uh Doden, Eric Doden, right? Yeah, the, uh, from Fort Wayne. He was a uh, IED's commissioner under Mike Pence. And he has raised, I mean, even though he's not a, like a household name, he's raised a lot of money.
1: He and Suzanne Crouch are about the same, about $2.5 million and some change.
0: That's fascinating, a guy most people have never heard of has raised, like, millions of dollars.
1: Well, we got lots of millionaire friends.
0: Oh, well, that's true, right? <laughs> Why am I hanging out with you? <laughs> well, I'm gonna be a millionaire one yeah, day. Oh, sure, right. You've been telling me that for years. <laughs> I'm telling that to my wife, too. <laughs> Anybody else going to get in, or are these the three? Because if Braun gets in, that's a guy with infinite money. Oh, we also don't forget, there's also Trey Hollingsworth. Yeah, well, that so I was going to ask you, is Trey Hollingsworth more apt to run for governor against another guy with infinite money? Or is he more apt to say, boy, being a senator sounds kind of nice. I might use my infinite money to be U.S. senator.
1: That I'm not sure yet. I actually got to give a call to Hollingsworth and kind of talk like, hey, so what, what's going on? What are you doing? Yeah. And use that to make all those calls after organization.
0: Okay. So Victoria Spartz, if that Senate seat opens up, she's Definitely, probably running. She's more than likely
1: not really sort of kind of in a way uh, kind of running. Yeah. Uh, uh, she, she's told some of her colleagues she's interested in the job. And so my money is that if Mike Braun doesn't run, she more than likely will because Victoria's been uh, kind of traveling outside the 5th District raising money uh-huh. and giving speeches and that sort of
0: thing. Now, the other question to me is Jim Banks from the 3rd Congressional District, a lot of people said, well, he's on a track for Senate uh, for House leadership, so he's not going to run. Well, he didn't get any house leadership, so is he in the mix now? Maybe, probably. Ah, uh, boy, because, that'd because, be a, that would be a great senate primary: Banks and Sparks and Hollingsworth. Boy, well, that'd be fascinating.
1: Well, Jim, also, uh, I know his wife is not. His wife hates DC. Amanda, she can't. Yeah, stand and wants to come back home to Indiana. Uh, but Jim was up, but they had that 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 balance, which is, hey, honey, I'm I'm technically up for a promotion. Yeah, and so through that promotion, we had we got to stick around here. Now that that didn't happen because Jim lost the uh, the majority whip. Yeah, uh, race. I think I think they're doing some soul search, kind of figuring, out, hey, do we stay uh, in Washington D.C. because he got he got reelected, so he's good for two more years. Yeah, so, so you don't have to worry about that. But does he come back? Does he run for governor, or does he run for the U.S. Uh, yeah. Senate? So I think they've got to figure that out.
0: Uh, also, real quick, if Victoria runs, I'm cheering for Victoria to run because that means our friend Micah Beckwith would get to run in the fifth congressional district. I try not to district. think about the fifth congressional district oh. and, and,
1: and and just the the. I mean, there's going to be thirty people run. The the, the, the uh the the sideshow. I had to, to cut my s's correctly. But
0: our but our buddy Beckwith. He probably starts in the lead based on how well he did the last time, and he's done nothing but build positive name ID the past two years. Um, I mean, unless, unless face is going to get back in, uh, Susan Brooks? No, no, the lady who spent all the money the last time who didn't win, Susan Jaworski? No, the lady. It was smart and the, Henderson. Oh yeah, that's right. Got second, that's, and the Micah that's got right, third. Henderson, Henderson
1: was the horse farmer.
0: Yes, because I remember her. Uh, don't ask
1: me why. I just remember her commercial with her, like, in a barn with a horse. That's that's all I remember.
0: I'm exci- I am I am really excited for Indiana politics the next two years. Yeah. My, my, I, my, think uh, it, I think it'll I think it be super – I mean, these races are all going to be – these primaries are all going to be super interesting.
1: Yeah, that's one word to use. I got another word for it. Oh, <laughs> give me a break. You, <laughs> you'll
0: make a fortune off this. You might actually end up being that millionaire. I
1: got another word I'll use for all this. Yeah, because if uh, Victoria Sparks runs for the U.S. Senate – that opens up the fifth district. Everybody, his mother is going to run. Yeah. Well, as, as I jokingly said, okay, who here is not running for Congress? Yeah. Take a step forward, and then also keep in mind too, you have lots of state senators, state reps who who will be up for you know in in the fifth district as well. So if Victoria doesn't run, doesn't run for re-election, you got all those folks. Yeah. Who who are going to be running for all of those respective? Who's going to be running for the fifth? And then all the people who are going to be interested in running for a state representative in Noblesville or Carmel. Yeah. So, like, like I said, the the domino—it's—it's it's, it's not dominoes; it's Jenga.
0: <laughs> that's what this is. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad I work here. We just get to watch it from afar and go, well, "That was interesting." And I, and I tell I tell people
1: we have front row pass, we have front row seats and backstage passes.
0: Uh, we got about forty five ish seconds left here. Any update on our friend Diego Morales yet?
1: Um, I do know. I think I mentioned this last week that state police was looking at uh the uh. The voting records. I did. Uh, I interviewed uh, uh, Doug Carter when he was in uh, for Hammer Nigel earlier. State this, Police soon, Superintendent. I yes. Me. I asked him about it. He said he was he wasn't aware of anything, but that doesn't mean. But for for him to be aware of something at that level, it has to be like a little bit more than just right. just a routine cursory in, investigation. Uh, but I do know they're looking at that, um, and I do know that they are they are planning for, in, in case of emergency, break glass. Oh. Which is why the which is why the uh, I think i wrote the cheat sheet the the Diego f up memo oh. is being put together. Keep the office running just in case there's another Charlie White
0: related oh, issue. I see. Well, you did a great job as always. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you. Freedomfoodsindiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. Freedomfoodsindiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love freedomfoodsindiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Abdul-Aqib Shabazz, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Don't forget, you can find Abdul on Twitter at Abdul at Abdul. and be sure to bookmark his very fabulous website, IndiePolitics.org, IndiePolitics.org. Me, i on Twitter, at Rob M. Kendall, at Rob M. Kendall, and you can hear me weekdays, 9 until noon, The Kendall and Casey Show on 93.1 WIBC. For Abdul-Aqib Shabazz, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to Statehouse Happenings.